Welcome back to Thinking About It, and we are here uh, again, part two, with uh, Steve Jones, the president of the Fellowship of Evangelical Baptist Churches, of which Grandview is a part. And uh, Steve, as we mentioned last week, uh, we're going to carry you over uh, just to talk about the value of denominationalism, the idea that churches are better when they are uh, working together on mission or something, uh, as opposed to... Uh, being independent, and you know as well as I do that there are some churches that don't want to be bothered with um, the politics, if you will, of denominationalism. They just want to be their own thing. Sometimes uh, it's a pride issue. Sometimes it's just they don't know any better. They don't have friends. So you're you're a leader. You are the president of our fellowship, a denomination of what? Just over 500 churches. 500 churches. Coast to coast, and so you you got to have a good answer for this question. Yeah. What is the value of being in a fellowship like ours or any denomination for that matter, as opposed to just being an independent church? Yeah, I mean, we generally didn't have to answer that question not that many years ago, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a reality. Denominations, number one, are not sacred; they're a tool. Um, but the reality is that uh, it's not a given that denominations should exist. Uh, they really need to be defended, and they need to be uh, seen. It seems to be they really need to be defended nowadays because there is a sort of this post-denominational uh, tribe and um, that's going on that it's old-fashioned and and not really sufficiently helping the local church to really get the mission done. And I would say, you know, denomination is not a new thing. Some say it's, you know, post-Reformation. But, I mean, we had uh, Montanus and, uh, you know, in the second century, uh, you know, a heretical group of people really formed a denomination, the Waldarians in the Mm -hmm. 12th century. John Huss, 100 years before Luther, had his own Mm -hmm. little denomination. So they're they're not a new thing. But the proliferation of them has certainly grown since the Reformation. So to address um, value... I think that denominations are going to be around until Jesus comes back to give us greater, a greater degree of clarity on these secondary issues or tertiary uh, disputable matters. Mm-hmm. Until we can get unity and agreement on those things, mm-hmm. I think we're going to have different groups. So that's the reality of it. I don't think denominationalism is going to necessarily go away. I do think it's going to be morphing. But does does denominationalism mean that local churches don't get to mind their own business, don't get to hire their own pastor? Um, Because a lot of people think when you're in a denomination, you give that away. You give your property away and you're you're centralized. So what, what kind of denominationalism... Yeah, it's all kinds about? of flavors out there, right? You know that, Bob. I mean, I, mean, you know, I can only speak with any any degree of, uh, you know, uh, authority on our own denomination, which we don't like to use the term. We really refer to ourselves as an association of churches, that we don't act in the, you know, traditional sense as a denomination. Mm-hmm. There is some truth to that. Mm-hmm. I think there's also some naivety to that. I think if, you know, Call yourself the denomination association, or now the big word today is network. Yeah. Hey, man, if you're if you walk like a duck and you swim like a duck and you quack like a duck, guess what? You're a duck. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, th- th- it depends on on what denomination you're talking about. It depends on 
what a church's authority remains intact. And in our case, our churches are autonomous. They function as a, as a um, independent, although I don't like using that word personally. Mm-hmm. I think scriptures talk about dependence on God and interdependence on one another. But they're completely, they get to choose their own pastor or, uh, you know, their own budgets, their own mission. And they fellowship with a group of other 500 plus churches on getting mission done. Because we do have the ability to do more together than we do alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course we're regional and we're national, and there's yeah. there's cooperation for different purposes at different levels. And so, what would be uh, some examples of doing uh, mission as a broad denomination of independent churches, right? Yeah. But yeah. who are networking together for the purpose of mission? What kind of mission? Well, the value, one of the great values of, den- of being part of a denomination is being able to accomplish more mission together than we can by ourselves. I just mentioned that. And uh, I think that's, there's tremendous uh, evidence of that in our own fellowship, that we're a, ch- we're a, we're a body of, of churches that are, for the most part, m- less than 150, 150 people or less, the vast majority of our churches, to send a missionary to Japan today mm-hmm. is, an, you know, the reality is you have to raise $120,000, dollars because it's so expensive in that country. Mm-hmm. One church of 100 people has no ability to do that. Collectively, mm-hmm. they can. And so one of the great values of, of being part of a greater association is the pooling of resources. Mm-hmm. And so much can happen. I mean, we've just finished a five-year strategic plan, which you can go along, uh, online and look at. And, you know, together our churches have sent out 82 missionaries. 84 chaplains have been as, uh, appointed. Uh, uh, 65 partnerships with church planning in Quebec. We've raised, uh, we're just now over $11 million in our fellowship foundation, which is a, a way to perpetuate giving to ministry. That only started mm-hmm. five years ago. But because we're doing it together, $4.7 million was raised amongst our churches and donors for relief and justice issues through our fair department. So you can, the proof is there, the evidence is there. When we pool resources, we can do so much more. You know, the denomination comes along. We fulfill the vision of that church. It's not just us telling them because we exist for the local church. That's where mm-hmm. denomination goes wrong. Mm-hmm. We exist for the local church, not the other way around. So we serve, we bring some expertise, we bring some resources, we get other sister churches together with Grandview, and we go plant a church. And so I think that's one of the great values, this, this pooling of resources, uh, you know, this, this whole area of accountability. I, I preached at a church uh, two Sundays ago in Hamilton and, and I talked to a dear lady after, and this had been her first time at the church. Mm-hmm. I said, what made you come to this church? Well, I heard good things, but I heard it's part of a good denomination. I don't hear that very often, no. Bob. I said, well, what do you mean? No. She said, I just promised myself I will never go to another church who wasn't part of a good denomination. Really? She wanted the accountability. When a church goes bad, she wanted some help coming in. So maybe we should put the name Baptist back on our signage. I'm not telling you, don't have to, to be a fellowship church. I mean, every new church plant yeah. in that, we've done 106 church plants in the last 10 years. I don't think even one of them put Baptist in the name. But no. we want to celebrate that we're part of a denomination that is Fellowship Baptist. It's just yeah. an odd uh, situation. Okay, so question, how, 
how do you guarantee that uh, partners in the fellowship uh, behave themselves? Like, I, I, I need to assume that people who are part of the fellowship coast to coast, we have something shared, right? Yeah. We believe the same, not all of the same things, but there's a core that we believe. Uh, so what, at what point does a church need to say, it's not me anymore? And how do you, how do you um, not police that, but how do you yeah, guarantee? I, I, th- I think denominationalism, I mean, one of the values is it becomes a forum uh, to express the reality that we're part of a much larger body, mm-hmm. the body of Christ. It's a, an ecclesiastic truth that we're a part of a universal church, and and really denominations affirm the reality that we have possibly different views of affirm, you know, right. different affirmations, uh, diversities in how we worship and practice, and these are all good things. But when you decide to come together with a, an actual affirmation or a diversity that's different than another mm-hmm. group on worship or Christian life, mm-hmm. um, you do give up some of your autonomy to become part of it. And in our case, what you are doing, our case being the Fellowship of Evangelical Baptist Churches in Canada, you are agreeing to a affirmation of faith and a set of bylaws. It is simply that. You're associating or fellowshipping by virtue of saying, I, we agree with these tenets. We believe this is a, an accurate reading of God's word. And that's how you become a fellowship church. Does it cost anything? No. In our case, there's not a, like a tax or anything like that. Most denominations have that, where it's anywhere yeah. from 4 to 10%. Wow. Of your, we have nothing. We say we go, we're on mission together, and we go into partnerships. So Fellowship National, which I give some servant leadership mm-hmm. to, is global missions. It's humanitarian relief. It's Chaplains. francophone church planting, chaplaincy. Yeah. And we have a services department that makes sure that you have a pension fund, yeah. that the missionaries and chaplains and pastors have health care. But we go into partnership with you. Mm-hmm. So you come to us and say, we got a missionary. We can't send them out because it's going to cost $90,000 a year. And we say, well, we'll go find sister churches in the fellowship to yeah. come alongside you. And it works. You know, another thing that I really appreciate about being in the fellowship is that there are documents and position papers yes. um, that have been combed over by some good minds, legal minds. And uh, when so people say, what's our position? We just say, that's it. You know, it's on the website of our denomination, and uh, we're we're fully registered, and those views are our views. And if they're not, we would have to absent ourselves from the movement. But we really appreciate that the work that you guys do on our behalf. Uh, what about? Um, and we mentioned this last week: the value of a of a. F- we used to call ourselves a fellowship. That's an, you mentioned network, there's different words for it. But what about the ability for you to speak on our behalf to national concerns? Because individually, we don't really have a voice. But collectively, as a denomination, and as a denomination that is part of maybe the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, how important is it that we have someone to speak for us? Yeah, so the, the fellowship is a, is a formal partner, member, affiliate of the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, which is about 40 to 50 other evangelical affiliates, mostly denominations. 
and they are an umbrella group on our behalf to speak to issues. We're also formally partnered with the Four Cs and with the CLF, the Christian Legal Foundation, and we pay into a membership to have them represent us. National Council for Our Fellowship is the governing uh, group that I am countable to. And so, for instance, I had a letter recently written, just last week, to speak to the current issue where the current federal government wants to potentially change tax law to remove charitable status from pro-life groups. We have a partner, the Canada Pregnancy Centers of Canada, Mm -hmm. and we feel we need to speak into that issue. So, The letter has been approved by National Council. I have now sent it to the regions, to the regional directors. They approve it. Then I send it on behalf of our movement to Prime Minister Trudeau and the two ministers that have something to do with it. That's how we work it. Recently, the Prime Minister made some comments about the the truckers that were this misogynistic, racist, all kinds of things, right? What's our reputation as an evangelical group in Ottawa or with, with government, are we crackpots or how do they look at us? Is what Trudeau says true of, of all of us? Because we're, we're anti-abortion people. So how does that, um, how does that smell in Ottawa? Yeah, I, I can't speak to the present federal government. I was invited with the last uh, prime minister to go to Israel with him, only eight evangelical mm-hmm. leaders were, uh, and 200 Jewish Canadians were sent on that state trip. Uh, I met him. There was a greater degree of uh, similar values. Currently, I don't think we're viewed as crackpots because we're constantly asked to speak, even at Supreme Court uh, decisions. We have lobbyists. The EFC have a lobby office right in, mm-hmm. in the, um, on Parliament Hill, and they speak to it. But we do have currently a prime minister who is very ideological driven and has not mm-hmm. been as, uh, I think, as mm-hmm. successful in, in uniting Canadians. Mm-hmm. He has a tendency to divide us. And so he may have some views that are solely his, I don't think are shared across Parliament Hill uh, related to evangelicals. Well, it's encouraging to hear that, um, but you never know. I don't know. I've never talked to the prime minister. I'm making some assumptions based on his, the well, comments he Well, he needs makes. to... Be as open maybe as Stephen Harper was when he would gather together faith groups and just listen. And we hope he will. We pray for him uh, and his family, uh, that he would gather around him, people who would give him good counsel and that he would accept it. And we we pray for that all the time. Very biblical. Thanks, Steve, for being in the position that you are. I know that you're in your second term as president of our fellowship or third Uh, So you must be doing something right and good that uh, you've been affirmed a third time. And so thank you for that. And thank you for uh, sharing the spot with us on Thinking About It. Until next time, I'm Bob McGregor with uh, Steve Jones from our fellowship. Thanks for thinking about it with us. Thanks, Pastor Bob. 